Welcome, 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 Level Up Nation, to the Improve Your Hustle podcast with Kendall Bonner, where you will be inspired, challenged, and empowered to wake up, level up, repeat. So thank you so much for joining me today on our very first episode of 2020. I'm so excited to reconnect with you and to provide what I hope to be some very valuable content. Now, I think it's important for me to share with you the inspired journey that I plan to take you and I on for this new year. I'm a firm believer in taking stock of where you're at and where you plan to go. So for 2020, every guest, every topic, every Improve Your Hustle podcast theme will be around helping you build a business that lasts through the noise, through the hills and the valleys that I know we all experience in our industry. One of the ways that I become uh, passionate about doing this and achieving this goal is by, by focusing our business models on enhancing the customer experience. I feel like that's a pretty popular term though these days, right? And for many, it's a glorified way of saying what they're really providing, which is customer service. But for me, no way, Jose. There is a fundamental difference between customer service and customer experience. And here it is. Customer service is reactive and customer experience is proactive. That is a huge differentiator. And I've decided to take on the challenge of helping you improve that in 2020. I'm confident that this will be the key factor in how consumers will engage with you and your model. So in my opinion, if you will commit to genuinely improving your customer's journey, while working with you in a consistent and proactive way, your business will survive disruption and distractions. Now, some of you believe you already provide great customer experience, but I challenge you with this, you know, do you have customer experience protocols? Are they in writing where you can share them, scale them and repeat them? Are you still providing the same excellent customer experience, i.e. customer service, that you've always been providing for the last 10 years, perhaps your customer experience needs a tune-up? I don't know. But hey, listen, I don't have all the answers, but my goal is to scour the earth for some smart people who have answers, have experiences, and have knowledge that you and I can learn from. Then we can go out and test it in the market, and then we master it. In fact, my goal is to learn, test, and teach this year. Will you join me? Let's get after it. Now, our very first guest of 2020 really needs no introduction, but I'm going to do my best to offer him a worthy one. All right. So our guest here served in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserves from 1990 to 1996 and was honorably discharged as a sergeant. He's worked as a deputy sheriff, a corporal investigator, a sergeant. He's worked as a SWAT tactical commander and a lieutenant watch commander for a patrol division between 1993 and 2004. It was in 2003 that he was an independent contractor representing a safety training program that he created specifically for real estate agents that introduced him to the REMAX organization. In 2004, he joined Remax full-time as a senior franchise development consultant and worked his way through the ranks until in February 2018, he was named the chief executive officer of Remax LLC. 
He is responsible for providing strategic direction on all aspects of major REMAX Corporation decisions, operations, and resources for the company. Now let's drop in on our conversation with Adam as he explains how he met co-founder Dave Linegar over 15 years ago. As a, as a young police officer, I was working a off-duty job at a golf course that Dave was building, and he pulled up, and he goes, hi, I'm Dave. And I go, hi, I'm Adam. And he goes, I own this place. And I go, oh, great. I'm guarding it for you. And, uh, and it was funny because I, I got to know him at that point, and we just started becoming friends. It, it was, there was something that clicked, and uh, we stayed in communication with each other. But he started kind of giving me these little bits of information. And I thought, wow, I mean, this guy is really a, a cool individual. He wants to see me better myself. And he would ask me questions in order to better himself. And I, I, I figured that out relatively quickly. Also, what, what was he doing? He's, he's seeking knowledge. He's a seeker, you know, and, and he's also a giver. He, he gathers those things and gives them out just freely. Doesn't care what it does to himself. He wants to help other people. And I started picking up on that. And I said, will you mentor me? And he said, yes, but here's the deal. If you're going to ask a mentor to mentor you, you need to respect their time and you need to at least try whether or not you like it. You need to try what they're telling you Mm. and learn from that good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, because they're not coming at you with uh, ill intentions. They're not trying to harm you or anything like that or, or prevent you from moving forward, but they're trying to instill lessons in your life. And so that is really what I got from him. And if you don't have somebody trying to instill lessons in your life, you're truly missing out, I believe. So to, to find somebody that you can be vulnerable with and transparent with, incredibly important. That's, that's not an easy thing to do, especially in this day and age, because everybody feels like they're being judged. Well, you just gotta put that aside, have some humility, and, you know, I, I talk about staying hungry and staying humble. It's really what it boils down to in order to learn from a mentor. Well, speaking of that and coming back to you being the CEO that you are, um, what was the uh, biggest lesson you had to learn as a CEO? So uh, this is, I, I, I love this because I, you know, I talk about um, a couple different key points and I'll, I'll get to the, the direct answer here in a second, but there's some, there's some gold in this question and I want to mine it out. So, you know, first of all, I, I talked about staying hungry and staying humble, okay? Um, when, when you're hungry and you're humble, you're not overcome with the, the emotion of a particular situation. You have drive, you have fire in the belly, you have direction, you have transparency and, and trust and, and things that are going on. But it's not just about you. Being a leader is not about you. Um, being a leader is, is a collective just kind of this conglomeration of, of you mm-hmm. and them, everybody else, the environment, um, how do you make the most of the situation? doesn't matter, you know, if, if it's raining or snowing or sunny or beautiful or windy or a hurricane or a tornado or whatever, um, it's the environment you got to operate in. So you got all these things that you're balancing, but what do all those things do? And what all those things do is they pull you in different directions and they test you. They test your mm-hmm. fortitude. And ultimately what they do is they test your emotions. So the, the biggest thing that I learned at, that has carried me forward in this, um, that has carried me forward in life, be it on, on a police call uh, when I was a, a police officer, a SWAT, I used to run a SWAT team. Um, and you had to take and, and put all these 
different variables together. And even if you look at, um, you know, we're, you and I were talking about this weekend's football games before, uh, before we got on the podcast. You know, you look at even just what the quarterback or the lineman or, or any of the, the other players or the coaches are dealing with, they're dealing with emotion. So the number one thing that I can say that I learned as a CEO, as a leader, and that I continue to be coached on, held accountable to, um, mentored on, discussed in masterminds, things like that, is controlling your emotions. I mean, that is the number one piece of advice that you could give a leader is 100% control your emotions. And, you know, you can unpack that deeper into different aspects of emotional intelligence. But ultimately, that's what causes the world to go round is emotional intelligence and controlling your emotions. And if you don't do that, you know, it's, it's going to create blind spots for you in your leadership. Can you give us an example of how that might play out in, in real life as a CEO? Sure. It's what you end up seeing. Uh, and, and I see it as, as a leader is people, people lead with fear. It's, we are hardwired to default to fear. And if you jump into that fear as a leader, so somebody might walk in and go, this budget item concerns me. Okay. That's not a logical explanation to this. So I have to, I have to take, and I have to understand and mesh with their feelings, their emotions. I have to control mine instead of going, what about it? Um, you, you have to, you have to be willing to step into their emotions, the person you're dealing with, be it, you know, at a listing appointment, I thought I was going to get more for my house or, you know, my neighbor said that it's worth this or whatever it might be. You, you're meeting fear head on and you can't just go, well, logically, you know, blah, 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 mm -hmm. because you're not, rec you're, you're not recognizing other people's emotions. The, the number one thing that people want is to be acknowledged. They want their feelings to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And, and we have to deal with that as leaders all the time is acknowledge people's feelings and respect those feelings. Um, you know, the, the number one reason why, uh, you know, people end up in um, like a, a fist fight or whatever in like, you know, on the street, in a bar, in society, or just a verbal argument is because there's no mutual respect going on. There's no respect of the other person's feelings and their position. So we got to acknowledge that. And that's, that happens daily, constantly as a business leader, um, you know, in selling real estate and running a company and just being yourself You're at the cash register at the grocery store and something mm -hmm. doesn't work right. Person gets frustrated. What if you respected their feelings and you're like, Hey, you know what? It's cool. No biggie. We'll get through this. I appreciate what you do. Thanks. For, thanks for being you. And I mean, it changes the game. You know, that's a huge theme I've seen with you in 2019 is the concept of gratitude. And I think that's a huge uh, part of your leadership style is, is from a place of gratitude, which I can 100% identify with and wholly attached to. <laughs> and so I really respect that in you, that sense of gratitude and appreciation and the fact that you're constantly teaching others, you know, one of the ways that they can be better uh, leaders, et cetera, um, is to show, you know, gratitude and humility, like you said earlier. How important is, or what is the role that that gratitude and humility have played for you in terms of your leadership style, like with 
staffing and empowering your staff um, because I think that's important for people as they grow as business leaders. Um, you're leading your staff, you're leading your team, you're leading your customer, right? Can you right. tell us a little bit about that? Gratitude is um, ensuring that you are in the proper emotion to deal with a situation. So it, you know, you, we look at the, the last conversation we just had and how people operate from fear. Well, the reality is people operate from one of two emotions. We only have two, you mm. know, and everybody's like, well, I got, I get scared. I get angry. I get blah, blah, blah. No, you got two. And if you, if you look at what emotion is this person in and how do I ensure that I'm in the proper emotion to deal with the situation, gratitude is always the solution. Okay. So, um, and, and really gratitude is, is the entryway to kindness. So, um, the, the two emotions, fear, which is our default fear, Mm -hmm. or our dear default uh, emotion. So we're, like I said, we're hardwired to be in fear. That's a survival mechanism from back when we would, we would exit our, our cave or our hut or whatever, and we would go find some, some food for our families. We had to exit in the, the mode of fear because we had to protect ourselves. It, anything out there could try and hurt or kill us. Uh, and it was, it's just, it's hardwired, hardwired into our nature. We're not that old of a species. So it hasn't changed. We have it subconsciously. Fear, that's where everybody operates from. What's a fear response? Fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. People are always operating one of those three. Um, excuses, when people come up with a but or a, well, you know, one of those things, you know you're going to receive a fear response because an excuse is 100% a fear response. Um, so we got fear over here. The other emotion is love. Hmm. I mean, so you either operate out of fear or out of love. Now what's love? Love is unconditional giving. Okay. Hmm. And you think giving, 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 that is, that's the basis for gratitude is giving. So what is gratitude? It's, it's giving gratefulness, right? So if you're grateful for something, you're giving thanks for that. You're giving thanks for that, that human being sharing their time with you. Um, you know, occupying that portion of the earth with you, whatever it might be, the person sitting next to you on an airplane, anything. If you think, how do I approach this situation from a 100% position of giving, a position of gratitude, I'm operating from an emotion of love. And if you operate from an emotion of love, you are going to improve that situation almost 100% of the time. When we all operate in a position of gratitude, we build a community. If you start spreading your gratitude, and you think about what we do as CEOs, right? Right, Kendall? I mean, yeah. just, we, we build communities. Yes. If, if you run a real estate uh, business yourself, you're an individual operator, individual agent, or you're an assistant, or you're a team leader, or you're a broker of a brokerage. If you operate from a position of gratitude and you build your community based upon that unconditional giving of appreciation, of, um, you know, helping people grow, of, you know, helping them help others, really. So it's, it's how can I help, help, help. And I think that's why I fell in love with law enforcement is I got to help people. Right. And I got to bring that into the private sector. <laughs> I, I, I want to unpack that a little bit more because I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I guess what I want to do is what, what you just said, how I would also um, summarize that is 
an attitude of service. Right? Yes. You know, um, I do feel like um, one of the key leadership qualities that a good leader has is, is this mindset of, like you said, giving and serving the, your customer, right? So for me, your customer as a CEO of Remax is multi-layered. You've got broker owners like myself who are your customer. You have the agents that work with me that are in a way your, that are a customer for you, as well as the actual consumer customer. And then for me, my customers, my agent and so on and so forth. And so I find that some of the, the best ideas I've had, the best, you know, outcomes I've experienced have come from a space regarding service, right? When I've chosen to think about less about what I get out of the situation, but how I can serve others, right? Um, and so that leads me to one of my big, big, big topics that is, is a huge deal for me that I learned in 2019 that I want to take into 2020, which is this concept of customer experience, right? And oh, yeah. service is kind of an under, you know, you know, we used to say the word customer service or the phrase, and that like has, you know, all the bad negative connotations in the world. When you think about when you call customer service, you think bad things, bad thoughts. <laughs> so I'm trying to get agents and people to move away from the concept of customer service and more to customer experience and that being a more proactive um, decision-making process and serving our client as opposed to reactive, which is what traditional customer service is. And I find that that's, that's a thing that we need to be really focused on in 2020. And I feel like you've already started along this path of customer experience in the real estate space um, with a lot of the moves that you've made um, as a business leader for the community of real estate, as well as um, for the Remax community, the Motto community, your Bouge community that you've, you've built and created. Um, Tell me about all the multiple levels of customer experience that you've had to prioritize and delegate, you know, cause you do have so many groups of uh, staffing and clientele and multiple layers of customers and how you're serving and giving to those. I, I, you've made some key acquisitions. You've done all kinds of stuff here. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about that and the mindset behind those things. Well, I, I love, I love the term customer experience. Um, I mean, we recently brought in, actually, several months ago now, uh, Chief Customer Officer. And he's heavily dedicated to the experience that our, our customers have. So you mentioned the different tiers of the, of the customer that we have. Um, I look at it as a cascading experience. Mm -hmm. So um, what kind of experience should I be giving to you, Kendall, as you know, our, our top tier in that multiple levels of cascading uh, value and experience is I should be giving you the experience and the value that you want to give to the next person. Mm. And then they should be getting the, and, and giving the level of experience and, and value that they want to give to the next person. So, so what do I do best for you? I give you what all the rest of these people want to experience. So that's, that's kind of how we, we approach this whole thing. And how do, how do I get the employees to want to do that? Well, right. I have to lead by example. I've got to be demonstrating that experience myself, giving them the experience that I think that they should provide to you. So um, this, is, this is something that, that you have to look at because you're, the experience that you give the closest touch of your customer has to be the loudest in mm. that cascade there. So um, 
you know, it's like multi-tiers of a waterfall. If you put a little bit of water in at the top, it's not going to make it to the bottom. You got to put a whole lot in there at the top in order for it to make it to the bottom. So you as a leader need to absolutely be magnifying that experience that you want the people at the very end of this to experience. So um, that is, it's a daily, uh, a daily effort, a daily excitement. It's the daily um, deployment of that love, that gratitude, that, that singular emotion, which also means you got to put up your, your shields around you in order to not let some of those other, you know, impingements to this whole process, um, you know, the, the headwinds that may be haters or um, naysayers or, um, you know, fear mongers or whatever it might be, the press, the noise, the, the who knows what that you're coming up against, you know, people going, it's the market or it's seasonality or whatever. Um, you know, you, you look at it and you go, none of that matters. I'm going to give the greatest experience that's going to overwhelm any of those headwinds and it's going to make it all the way down to the, all the tiers of my customer levels and it's going to make them go, I love this company. Well, what does that mean? Well, and what's the number one way of doing that? The number one way of doing that is what I call digital transparency. It is, it's getting to those people. The, realistically, I can't pick up the phone and call 128,000 agents every day. Okay. Let's just, you know, call that what it is. But what I can do is things like this and I can demonstrate repeatedly what our values are when it comes to serving them the very best. And if they hear from me repeatedly of these things, that's the experience that they remember me by. Right. Now, if they see me going on social media or even on a speech or something like that, that I'm giving somewhere, or even on a phone call with one of them, because they're going to magnify your voice. A, a fear response, um, deploying that, that emotion of fear, fight, flight, or freeze, being angry about something going, Oh, I hate that. You know, being the hater, mm -hmm. um, by the way, nobody likes a hater anymore. You're, you need to be a, a gratitude giver, not a hater Yeah. moving forward. Otherwise your business is going to start shrinking and falling apart and you're going to go, what happened? Those of us that deploy the gratitude that really provide what you mentioned, amazing customer experience and focus on that every day and go, was that an amazing customer experience? How does that make your heart feel? Just put a smile on your face, make your eyes big. Hey, that's where we're, what we're after here. Oh, that's good. That's really, really good. I, I loved the concept of the cascade and being loudest at the top in order for everything that you're doing to be able to trickle down at, to the lowest level or not the lowest, the most important level, right? <laughs> the end consumer, right? We, need, right? we want our consumer to have the best possible customer experience. And so I think that was a great um, nugget for me to think about as I try to create a better customer experience for my agents who then are going to deploy that with their, their consumers and their customers. So I thought that was great actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, and you talk about the, the end of that whole cascade. Think of that as the finish line. Okay. Yeah. You are crossing the finish line in that, in that marathon or race or whatever. And you're going to keep running these races every day. Every day is a new one. And that experience needs to be elation by everybody there. You need to be proud of what you've done and they need to be so full of gratitude that you continue to deliver for them. Um, and you're giving it your all to do that. Right. And just think of the world if we all kind of approached it that way. 
Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. That was part one of Leadership Lessons from a Successful CEO with Adam Contos of Remax LLC. Did you guys enjoy that? I hope that you did. And actually, I have so much more to come. So stay tuned and come back and join us next week for part two for our leadership lessons from our CEO, Adam Contos. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you are empowered, inspired, and challenged to wake up, level up, repeat.